Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Welcome back. Welcome back to An Athlete's Journey. I am your host, Travis Reed. Today, I have a special guest uh, with me, a person that I, you know, in a short time, I feel like I've known her for 20 years. Um, she's a really, really nice person. Um, you know, we, we have some business adventures together as well as just being friends. So I am excited to introduce Miss Amanda. Say hello, Amanda. Hi, Travis. Hi, everybody listening. <laughs> Thanks for your kind words. Oh, no, no. Feeling thank mutual, you. my friend. Yes. Thank you. Thank you. I, I, like I said, I really appreciate you coming on the show. Amanda is a different athlete. You know, she'll explain her situation. She's not necessarily a basketball football player. I wanted to get a different perspective today by somebody who is an athlete or former athlete who's extremely successful after her career finished. So we'll just jump right into it, Amanda. How did your career start? <laughs> well, so I was a high-level competitive gymnast. Um, so the first time I stepped into gymnastics, I was around six or seven, but like most other athletes that are super passionate about the sport, like I was totally sucked in. I absolutely loved everything about gymnastics and I was hooked. So I immediately started going to classes and started thinking through, okay, this is something that I really want to get involved in, even at such a young age. So, you know, I competed in gymnastics. Um, I grew through the levels, went to level 10, which if you know much about gymnastics, you go, uh, typically there's some different naming conventions now, but at the time you go from around levels two through 10. And then you hit junior and senior elite and senior elites are what you see as far as the Olympics are concerned, the junior elites are training for the Olympics. So at around 10 ish years old, we were having the conversations about what is the next step you've already hit level 10, you know, is this something that you want to go train for as far as the Olympics are concerned, or do you want to hold off until college so I you know. At the time, I was dealing with some stuff at home. My parents were going through a divorce. Um, my mom eventually got breast cancer. And it was just a, not necessarily the greatest scenario. So I ended up getting burnt out of the sport. I left the sport at 13. I tried to come back a couple of times. And even to this day, I coach one day a week just because I'm uber passionate about it. But really, I was out of the sport at a super young age in comparison to probably some of your existing athletes that you talk to that are, you know, looking at their 20s where they're they're thinking through, you know, what's next. I was looking at that when I was really young. Well, no. Yeah, I think for most uh, you know athletes that I deal with, we can't even turn pro or even get to that certain level until we're basically in our teens, late teens, twenties, you know, early twenties. So I, I completely understand you had a head start 
<laughs> well, gymnasts peak really young, oh, you know, okay. so okay. gymnasts peak really young. I know that basketball players and football players and other athletes, they peak a little bit older. So gymnasts peak really, really young. Okay. 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 So there's a couple of times that you did try to come back. How old were you at that time? So I went back a couple of times back and forth. I will say that once you leave, you know, I was used to competing at a super high level and I was training like most professional athletes will train. And so once you get out of that discipline and that routine and you get a little bit of a taste of freedom, mm -hmm. it's very difficult to go back into the routine that you were used to as an athlete. So you know, I came back and forth a couple of times. I thought, well, I'll come back and maybe I'll go to college and do gymnastics, but it just, I got that taste of freedom in my path, as you know, and we'll probably discuss my path went a little bit dark as I was trying to figure out what life looked like outside of sports. Mm -hmm. um, and so it was just, it was, it was not in the cards for me to come back and be competitive again. I understand that. Well, what would you say out, out of your career? What was the most memorable moment of so I'm going to do a TEDx about this, but I will never forget when, you know, I was, I was really, really young and I was getting ready to go do a vault and I was running down the vault runway. My hands hit the vault table. I landed flat on my face. <laughs> you know, gymnastics is something you fall and you crash and you burn all the time. But I remember getting up and going over to my coach, which is what happened often. You know, they, they critique you after everything that you do in gymnastics. And I went over to my coach and looked up at him and he said, I believe in you. You have a lot of talent in this sport. And I just remember those words and looking at him and thinking, you know what, I can actually really do something with this. And so there's a lot of memorable moments in sports. But when I think about, you know, just the success that I had in gymnastics, I remember very vividly that moment of looking up at my coach and him saying, you know, especially after crashing on your face, right? Like, the support, you know, and the you have a lot of talent, I believe in you. And so mm -hmm, that mm -hmm. I've carried that throughout my entire, not just athletic career, but business career and mm -hmm. leaned into when people believe in you, you've got to figure out what to do with that gift. No, I definitely a hundred percent agree. I think uh, since you retired so young and like, and obviously you said gymnasts kind of peak at a certain level. I want to talk about, you know, uh, after, you know, we'll get into that a little bit sooner than usual. <laughs> um, I want to talk about how did you make that transition and being at such a high level athlete and competing at such a high level at a young age, how do you like, okay, I'm now I'm a kid now, you know, where I was been basically a professional for the last couple of years. Well, anybody that's listening that, that has, you know, grown through the ranks of whatever sport that they've done, mm -hmm. everything you live, eat and breathe that of your sport, you know, mm -hmm. you, everything like at the dinner table, you talk about when is practice, do you need anything? You know, mm -hmm. we talk about, you know, where are we competing at, you know, and then all of your teammates are your friends. That's, you know, you have a very limited social circle. Yes, I went to school. And I had kids in school, but after I left the sport, I was trying to navigate everything with life. You know, I have now time after school. What am I going to do with that time? I'm now trying to find friends where other people had developed significant relationships over the course of years. And I was navigating that in like middle and high school. Right. And so, you know, everything dramatically changed for me. And, you know, like many athletes, there was a lot of, uh, there was a lot of dark times in that, you know, you get surrounded by people that, 
you know, you don't necessarily need to be around. And even at such a young age, that happens, right? You know, I was trying to figure out who am I outside of this sport? What is, you know, what are things that I actually enjoy? I had absolutely no idea what I liked. (laughs) None. (laughs) Yeah. No, I can, I, I, I can attest to that for sure. Uh, like, man, like when I retired at 33, I was just like, I didn't know what I, I didn't know what to do. I was just kind of like basketball had been my whole life and for, you know, 28 years. So I was just like, I had no idea, you know, it's your whole routine changes, everything, Yes. your routine changes. And, you know, for me, once again, I went through this at a young age, so I had the blessing to be able to get away with some stuff that, you know, was not necessarily things that people can get away with Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. once they're adults. Right. Mm -hmm. But I have a lot of sympathy around people that are experiencing that because it's not, people don't like to talk about how difficult it really is. Mm -hmm. I agree with you hundred percent. I really think that um, in your situation, but like in a lot of athletes situation, it's like the difficulty of the transition, you know? And like I said, you're a success story. So I was like, I got to get Amanda on here. (laughs) Well, I'm still, I'm still, you know, I'm still working on that. You know, I believe that you, you constantly are pushing towards goals and trying to find things that, you know, for me, successful looks a little bit different than just a paycheck. So I'm always, you know, focused on how can I help drive more success, not just for the things that we're doing, but also for other people. Mm -hmm. What's the biggest lesson that you learned, I guess, from after your career ended, like from your career, you know what I'm saying? So the biggest lesson that I learned was like the power of discipline and routine. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. You get out of that and you start down paths that you may not want to be down. So setting goals, being highly disciplined with those goals and setting a routine Mm -hmm. can help (laughs) kind of go from where you are now to where you want to be. And so those are the biggest, some of the biggest lessons, obviously team teamwork and all those good things that, that come along with being an athlete. Um, but I will say being disciplined around routine has, has helped throughout my career. Okay. Okay. So after, after obviously you finished college, or did you know like uh, what you wanted to do right after, like right after college, you had no idea. <laughs> so, okay. So like a lot of other kids, you know, I, I got through high school. I went into college. College was not necessarily for me at the time. Mm-hmm. Um, I struggled with it. <laughs> you know, I, I struggled with it. I thought I wanted to be a doctor. So Uh, I I went into school for molecular biology and biochemistry. And I was like, I'm going to be a doctor. And this was after I was struggling with, you know, all the things that I was struggling with. Mm -hmm. And so I went in and I just, I did not, I struggled. And so I decided, okay, I'm going to get out of college and I'm going to go to a technical school so that I can get in the hospital and figure out what I want to do with my life. And I wanted to work in surgery. I was like, I want to be a surgeon. So I got a certification degree and my first, you know, real job outside of, you know, me going to school and trying to figure all these things out was I worked for a hospital and I was a surgical technologist. So I helped doctors deliver babies and very quickly I realized I don't want to be a doctor. (laughs) Hey, 
when I saw like on video, like my son being born, I, ooh, I don't want to have any more kids. I don't know. How, you know? <laughs> well, you know, it was just, it was a different environment than I had expected it to be. And so I did that for several years and, you know, I got pregnant with my own daughter and got very sick with her. And, you know, I was not able to be in a high risk labor and delivery unit when I was with her. So my career went from working in a hospital to being a stay at home mom. <laughs> And, and that was a really interesting, you know, adjustment, right? I thought, okay, well, we'll just, I'll just be a stay-at-home mom and we'll raise Aaliyah, my daughter, and it'll be, you know, a great, great thing. And I mean, I just got bored and it, it I needed some other outlet to pour creative things into. And so I got connected to the company that uniforms Olympic gymnastics teams, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and I became an independent distributor and had a small business where I basically help gymnastics teams design and implement their leotards. Wow. (laughs) So I went from hospital to, to stay at home mom to now I was, you know, I was able to leverage creativity and passion and help teams create their uniforms, which was, it was such a fun experience, but I also got to learn with somebody else's product that I had not created how to grow a business. You know, I didn't have a college degree at the time other than a certification degree. And I I started learning business acumen. You know, how do you sell product? How do you sell services? And I was selling something I was passionate about. So Mm -hmm. I started realizing the patterns of, hey, if if I can get behind the products and services that I'm selling and I can help make an impact in these people's lives and help them grow their businesses, I'm doing some great work. Um, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So I thrived in that environment. And, you know, as most things happen, you know, businesses change. So they were going to a different model. And I, you know, I thought, well, I'll combine my healthcare expertise with my business, you know, expertise now at this point, which I was developing. And I went and worked for a systems integrator where I helped hospitals and health systems basically implement I sold enterprise technology solutions. I had no technology background. I had no um, background in, um, you know, some of the things that I was doing, but the employer took a leap of faith knowing I was a former athlete. If I can channel this appropriately, I have healthcare experience, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. then I can do some amazing things. And so I, I grew within the ranks of that career um, became very successful, helped a lot of people, sold a lot of technology. Um, and that was kind of <laughs> how I got into enterprise sales. And now, obviously, you know, I, I went from that company to an analytics company. And then in March of 2020, my daughter's school got destroyed by a tornado. So long story short, I ended up launching two companies in 2021. And one of them is Sports to Suit. See, I mean... <laughs> See, folks, I'm telling you, she's doing big things, you know, <laughs> I, 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 like I said, I appreciate you, uh, you know, coming on in for the show. Uh, I also want to ask you what would be um, as far as like, you know, business wise, but like going back to your athletic background, what would be like, if what would you tell the next Amanda coming up? Like, say the next gymnast, say you had a daughter that was in that world and she retired or she was in it at the time, what would, you, what would your advice be to her? Find people that serve positive intent in everything that you are doing. Mm-hmm. So it's super easy to be confused and to try to like, 
you know, get recommendations from your friends on who I should do business with or what I should, you know, financial, like all these things, right? Find people that you can trust that are truly interested in seeing you thrive. You know, for me in my career, I think about every single thing, and this goes back to the original <laughs> comment we talked, every single thing that happened was caused by somebody that believed in me, mm-hmm. even before I believed in myself. Mm-hmm. So they said, hey, I see you have talent in this. I believe that you can do great work here. You can see success. I'm going to give you an opportunity. And so aside from finding amazing people, lean into opportunities that those amazing people provide to you. Hmm. That's actually a really good advice. That's really good <laughs> advice. <laughs> well, good. I'm glad. <laughs> Well, I think, you know, I think a lot of people are very hesitant around opportunity. Yes. And so even if you don't necessarily, like, if you can't see the vision there, like if people provide you with an opportunity, explore that opportunity, you may not, you know, end up doing whatever that may be, but Mm -hmm. if they're providing it and you trust this person, I see a lot of people just say no straight out of the gate. I think, I think what you have to be is being comfortable in uncomfortability, you know? Um, I think a lot of us as human beings, just, you know, not athletes, but just human, we're, we're comfortable in our comfort zone. And in order to expand or elevate, you have to be comfortable being uncomfortable. You know, going like you did like in your in your life, basically doing in a field that you had no experience in and having somebody take a leap of faith and, you know, they took a leap of faith in you and now, look at your success. So that's like, I think that's big. (laughs) Well, and I didn't, so this is something that I get, you know, I don't talk very much about, but like I failed college twice, twice, traditional university. I failed college twice. Mm. I did eventually get my bachelor's degree and it's Mm. not because I'm not smart or not because I, I just, (laughs) I didn't, (laughs) I didn't do well. There was a lot going on there, you know, but I didn't give up. Mm -hmm. And I also didn't use that as a crux to see success in other capacities. I was selling enterprise technology before I actually got a bachelor's degree. Hmm. Okay. Okay. And so a lot of people, like I said, will turn down opportunities or not submit their resume or not, you know, push forward with something that they're interested in doing. And the fear that somebody may reject them. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Let me ask you this. Um, how do you equate, like, say, your athletic career uh, to your business career now? How does those two relate? Well, I'll pull it exactly from what I said earlier. So I'm highly disciplined. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I'm highly motivated. Mm-hmm. I don't, it, it's not that I don't take no for an answer, but I have a lot of grit and a lot of passion. And I incorporate that into my business structure. So you know, I, I, I make the difficult phone calls. I put forth the difficult work, work. I work incredibly hard, but it's all structured. I have a system. The system works. <laughs> I change the system and it just is needed. But I'm highly disciplined when it comes to that. I think it's easy, especially as an entrepreneur, to say, oh, I'll just take off the afternoon or, you know, oh, I'm going to go take a nap here or there, right? But like for me... <laughs> I look at it as I've got to stay routine and I've got to put forth the reps because if I don't put forth the reps, then I'm not going to see the success that I'm looking for. 
That makes sense. Yeah, and I think like, you know, I also think like for athletes, they have that kind of, like you said, discipline to where like they could be structured. Like I'm going to get up every day at five o'clock, do this at six, do this at seven, knock out my stores and be the best I can be routinely where um, I'm not saying where, you know, people who are not athletes can't do it, but it's, it's built in our DNA, you know, at a very <laughs> young is. age, you know, it is. And you know, here's the deal. Like a lot of people want short-term wins and yes, I totally appreciate short-term wins, mm-hmm. but for me, everything is around long-term success. So if I can put together a strategic plan that gets me to where I want to be, and I just put forth the reps every single day, mm-hmm. I start seeing success over a duration of time. You know, once again, I'm not in it for short-term gains. I'm in it for long-term success. And so sometimes, you know, it, it, that's difficult. Sometimes it's not, um, you know, you get off that path, but you just have to stay disciplined because I think that if you do, you'll see the success that you're looking to see. It's just a lot of people give up. Okay. Well, okay. Um, I know, like I said, we were talking a lot about business and sports, but we want to, I want to go back to your sporting, you know, sporting time a little bit. How did you know you had the talent to do what you did in, in gymnastics? I was super physically gifted. Like when I got into gymnastics, I was just like, I don't know how to even describe it. Like I listened to direction and physically I was just gifted in gymnastics. Um, And so there were coaches that saw talent in me. They mentioned that talent. It was a, it was a perfect combination. They mentioned, Hey, I believe in you. I saw that I had talent. My family saw that I had talent. Mm -hmm. I had athletes in my family, (laughs) not (laughs) gymnasts, but I had athletes in my family. And so it was just something that was like this beautiful I don't even know how to describe it. Like we just knew that I'm going to be willing to put forth the work and I'm just physically gifted in gymnastics. Okay. And so I know obviously you got to the, the second highest level, the juniors, as you know, right uh, below the Olympics. So I'm assuming you probably have about a thousand trophies of, of, <laughs> of first place, uh, first place uh, trophies of, in, in gymnastics. Am I right? so I have a ton of medals in a trunk (laughs) I still have my old leotards like I have all this stuff like I have a whole trunk full of old medals and stuff Mm -hmm. um you know but once again it so I was so young as well competing against older kids and since there were different age brackets sometimes I just won because I was young oh okay (laughs) it, it wasn't you know sometimes there was you know there was obviously competition and I never was like national champions or anything like this but I did compete at a super high level and it was a little bit unique that I was as young as I was. Um, there are gymnasts that do that. Like it's not uncommon, but it is a little bit uncommon to some degree that, you know, I was 10, 11 years old competing at a level 10. Okay. Okay. Well, that's, like I said, when you told me that story, I was like, damn, you are 19 years old competing against all these older kids. That's crazy. You know? Well, that's so gymnastics is interesting because once you get, especially in practice. Mm -hmm. So if you're competing at a high level, usually you're practicing with older kids. Mm, Okay. So, and that's something that, you know, you can translate over to the business sense too. There were always kids that were older than me. Some of the girls were getting ready to go to college and were competing at a great, you know, at a really high level. And so I always had somebody that was better than me Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. that I could push myself to try to get towards. And so I had that mentorship. I I was able to watch the kids and say, Hey, if I want to be like them, 
this is how they got there. And so we all kind of grew through the levels together. And that's the same thing in business. If you can surround yourself with people that are doing the things that you want to be doing and watch and learn from them, then eventually, if you put forth the work, you have the opportunity to get there. No, I agree. You, I think you always have to be, uh, you always, in my opinion, obviously, you have to always try to close the gap. You know, you don't want to be closing the gap going down. You want to be closing the gap going up. So always surround yourself with people that you're trying to close the gap on them with. You know, that's how I feel. Um, I've heard that from, I don't know who I heard that from, but I heard that, you know, that saying, I was like, wow, yes, I love that. <laughs> Well, always try to learn something. Like I know you love to read. Like for me, I love to learn different things. Like right now I'm hooked on TV production. Like, so I'm taking, I got LinkedIn premium and I'm taking classes around, you know, TV production and all of those things, just because I'm fascinated with the industry. So I always push myself to think a little bit outside of the box, to surround myself with people that may not be you know, the people that I would be traditionally working with and to mm -hmm, learn. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Definitely agree. Now we're going to get into what you're doing now, as far as business wise, you know, Okay. Um, I wanted to ask you, and I, and I have one more question, you know, like one more question I ask every single person that's on the show, but right now we'll just ask you as far as like, you know, what are you doing now? What's your contributions and everything like that. All right. Yeah. Oh, go ahead. No. So what I'm doing now, <laughs> I, la I launched two companies. So we launched a bank, which is basically on our umbrella company. It allows us to partner with amazing people and do impact and mission driven work. Mm -hmm. um, you know, our, our biggest focus is sports to suits. We just launched that company in August. And really what that solution is, is we're developing out solutions that are specifically around workforce development for collegiate level and professional level athletes to go from sports to the business world. You know, for, mm -hmm. for me, I believe that you've got to put in the reps in the business space just as much as you do in the sports space. So if you can start doing that while you're an athlete, it will make that process so much easier for you when you transition out. Yeah, very true. See, and that's why I want to, you know, like to talk to you again too, because having a plan while you're in it is like a big thing for us athletes that we don't necessarily all the time have. I'll be the first to tell you that I didn't have a plan when I was playing. I was like, I thought I was going to play till I was 40 and then figure out have you know, a million in the bank or whatever, two million, five million, whatever the case is in the bank and then kind of figure out after, but life doesn't always work the way you want it to work. So I retired much, much more sooner than it happened. So I had to figure out on the fly, uh, what I wanted to do, you know, so I, I, I give you props for having that idea at a much younger age. Well, I didn't really know like what I was doing when I got out of the sport. Granted, I was young, right? But I've talked, I've got great friends that are athletes like yourself. Like I've just kind of seen the, the ecosystem, like everybody is struggling with this. You know, mm -hmm. a lot of people are starting to advocate for mental health and awareness in the, in the community, financial awareness and literacy in the community. So the athletes are starting to you know, step in and say, Hey, look, we need resources. Mm -hmm. This is a massive problem. And so mm -hmm. as we continued through the journey with the banks, as well as launching sports to suits, we recognize, you know, my business partner's an economist. She's been doing workforce development in underserved communities for 20 years. So how can we take her expertise as well as my background and 
all of my amazing business connections that I have? And how can we help bridge that gap mm-hmm. so that people don't have to start thinking through that the minute that they walk off the field, that they can start thinking through, this is just part of the opportunity. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Fire, like I said. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. Well, like I said, we have one question for you um, that we always ask all our, uh, all our, all my guests on my show. Um, at one point in your life or your career of sport or, you know, everybody goes through like low points. And what I want to know is like, how did you get out of that low point? Was it, was it God? Was it family? Was it a mix of both? How did you get out of that low point to to rise up to where you're at now? That's a heavy, that's a heavy ask, (laughs) Travis. Okay. So I would say, you know, when I was young, right, I was getting into drugs and alcohol and you name it. I mean, this started at 13, probably until like 18 or 19. Like I was a hot, hot mess. <laughs> and, you know, I, I I was hanging around the wrong people, but I was able to cover it really well. You know, I, mm-hmm. I, I was, you know, still doing okay in school, but it, I just, I felt very like, um, I don't know. Like, and I just remember, I remember looking at, I think it was my grandfather and I just was like, I'm, I'm not doing like, what am I doing here? Mm -hmm. Like, it's not, it's not that I enjoy being this way or acting like this Mm -hmm. or Mm -hmm. even being around these people. I don't want to be like some of the people that I grew up around. And I just remember probably around 18, 19 is just looking at my grandfather and being like, I got to fix this. And that's a really powerful place to be is when you finally recognize I'm made of so much more here, (laughs) (laughs) right? I'm made of so much more and I don't have to be this way. Mm -hmm. No, I, I, I a hundred percent agree with you. I think, um, you know, it could be a mix. And like the fact that you did it by sure, like looking inward in yourself, because that's the hardest place to look. I always feel because uh, you might blame this person, that person, that thing, this thing, your background up, whatever. Um, but looking inward, like I got to change myself to be better. That's powerful. Nobody else can do that for you. Like nobody else can do that for you. You know, if you're on a path that you're just not feeling great about, And there are people in your life telling you, get off of this path, like figure this stuff out. Like you've got to surround yourself with people that are going to support you that are, and I don't just mean give you everything, right? Like you've (laughs) got to do these things, but, but give you the tools needed to get yourself out of it. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And then over time, (laughs) you know, you start figuring out, okay, this is who I am at my core. This is what I want to be. These are the people that I want to be like. These are the communities that I want to serve. Mm-hmm. No, definitely, definitely. See, she's a gym, folks. She's a gym. <laughs> thank you. Yeah, I want to say thank you, Amanda, for coming on the show. I really, really appreciate it. Um, I feel like this interview taught me and my listeners a little bit more on everything else besides just the sport. You know, that's what I wanted. With well, thank up. you so much for having me on. If I can ever <laughs> be of assistance or talk about this in any way, I'm always happy to do so. I think the most powerful thing here is awareness mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and just knowing that 
this is a massive problem. Yes, yes, yes. And we've got to change the landscape because if we don't, nothing's going to nothing's going to get fixed. Agreed. Like I said, agreed, agreed. Well, okay. Well, we always going to do what we always do at the end. We want you to promote everything that you want to promote, promote your business, promote <laughs> what you're doing, all that. Yeah. Oh, and where can people find you as well? Well, people can find me on LinkedIn. I'm pretty active on LinkedIn. Um, so Amanda Banks, uh, you can find me on Instagram, but that's not my primary. <laughs> Amanda shares joy. Uh, um, LinkedIn's much easier to find me. You know, as far as promotion of the business, you know, if you're an individual athlete that is looking for life and success outside of sports, reach out to me. You know, we're developing workforce development programs specifically for athletes. You know, we just partnered with the NBAFL on a league level. So working with their athletes on a team-based scenario. So if you're a league or a team, please reach out as well. You know, we're just very excited about what 2022 and 2023 has in store for for us as well as all of our partners. Yes, yes, very much. Like I said, I reached out to her folks on LinkedIn. I actually <laughs> connected to her and she responded. She does respond. She will talk to you. And, you know, I just want to put that out there. I, I reached out to her because I thought that, you know, uh, she seemed like a really, really nice person. And then when we finally connected and talked, I was like, oh my gosh, she's really special. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks. I have, I have moments of excellence. Uh, <laughs> At no, times, I understand that. I understand. Other that. times, not so much. But I'm typically quick to respond, and you know, as you know, Travis, you know, my heart is very much around serving people, and how can we, you know, help impact the lives of other people? And so, I'm happy to help in any way that I can. All right, all right. Well, thank you. Like I said once again, uh, like I got to bring you back on. You know, we've got to talk some more. Like I said, we could just end up talking, just like you know, just like this. I know. I know, I know. Well, we'll have to talk about some of the things that we've got going on. So yes, that's a yes. great, that'll be a great time. Yes, I don't want to say necessarily what it is yet. I mean, you know, and, you know, but I, it's something, something brewing in 22, I promise you. <laughs> All right. All well, good, my friend. Yes, yes. <laughs> So, like I said, if you listen all the way, thank you. Uh, keep keep subscribing, keep sharing. Uh, let everybody that you know uh, about these interviews, because like, I feel like it's some knowledge that needs to be spread, you know, throughout the course of the world to, you know, from one person to a million. And that's how you can kind of take it one day at a time. With that. Um, you can find me uh, at Travis W. Reed on Instagram and Travis W. Reed on Facebook. I post all my social media stuff on those too. Um, and you can listen to my other show on the Believe Network. Uh, Believe in UCLA with me and my boy Sam. And like I said, this is Travis Reed hosting the Athlete's Journey. And we are out. Thank you and talk to you guys next week. Thank you, Amanda. Bye. Thank you. Thanks for doing what you do. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? 
That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.